Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Brendan Burnett. Brendan, you are the founder and CEO of Sales Hive. You're found on the web at saleshive.com. Brendan, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. So give us an overview. What does Sales Hive do? So, yep, at Sales Hive, we provide uh, outsourced sales development services for B2B companies. So uh, instead, of, instead of hiring an internal sales development team, uh, which is very expensive. And um, also, there's a lot of resources involved in that uh, that are not only hiring. Um, uh, you can hire us and, and we take care of the entire uh, cycle of sales de- development for you. So uh, basically, uh, we execute the strategy, we uh, create all the messaging, copywriting, uh, we build all the lists, uh, then we actually perform the outbound. So we're sending cold emails, uh, we're, we're placing cold calls, and we're booking sales meetings for our client sales reps. So uh, that, that's kind of sales hive in a nutshell. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, we, the- I started the company uh, six years ago. Oh, well, congrats on that. And, and you know, and, and so, you know, for someone who's looking at this, they go, well, wait a minute, can't I just hire a salesperson of my own and then just say, hey, welcome to the job. Now go sell. <laughs> yeah, Because you use the term sales development. And, and I want to underline exactly what that is, because typically, you know, let's say that it's a, um, you know, a founder led company. They've been doing consulting. They've been doing their own sales. Things are going well. And they're like, you know. I really need to be elevating to more CEO level work. I, I, you know, maybe they've been still kind of the the point person for their own internal sales. Um, It's, it's challenging to just say, well, I'm just going to hire someone knows how to talk to people and they could take it from there. There's, there's a lot more to it than that. Can you illustrate for us, please? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, yeah, kind of building your own internal team is a, a nightmare. Um, first you need, uh, kind of a manager who can manage that team. Uh, and so if you are kind of a, you know, more of a founder led organization, which we, we do work with a lot of kind of founders as our direct point of contact. Um, it's, it, it kind of requires a lot of capital, uh, to, to hire kind of a VP of growth. And then they're, they're managing all of a sudden they're managing cold callers. Uh, they're, they're managing email campaigns. Uh, you really have to be an expert in all these different uh, segments of sales development in mm-hmm. order to to execute on all this. And um, and there's a lot of economies of scale with us where we've got managers that are um, training, uh, you know, the the SDRs. They're they're coaching the SDRs. Uh, they're they're uh, we've got strategists who are who are building the lists. Um, 
you know, e even just buying uh, access to some of these databases is uh, you know, really expensive. And, and most of them are, are annual contracts. So uh, just before you even start hiring anyone, uh, you, you would have to get a, a, a data uh, partnership and that's going to cost you, you know, five figures, you know, in the five figure range to, to just get a, a proper uh, data resource. And yeah. so, and, and you're getting the annual commitment on, on those contracts and, and those can, you know, really lock you in. And, and sometimes they'll, they'll be, you know, multi-annual contracts. Yeah. You know, one thing too, as well, and, and I've talked to enough people to know that this is, a, you know, an existing issue is that oftentimes if you're dealing with, let's say a company that, um, it's been largely founder led, founders involved, founders still doing the sales. I, I'm a big fan of like, you know, when we start to emit our business, right? And we start to get out of these roles. Operations is an easy one. Get out of operations. Um, you know, stay focused on growth. But I find a lot of um what that means is a lot of, you know, these these founders are still kind of the point person when it comes to sales. And so also you see a lot of this where I think a lot of the sales are being done. Um you know, when the founder is so heavily involved and a lot of the sales are being made because of founder magic, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's, like you know it's, it's hard to argue with, uh, you know, the passion that a founder may have, you know, just because, you know, this has been their life and it's, so it's, it's inspiring. Now, yeah. <laughs> now the, I think we're, again, I'm just going to, I want to keep talking about this because this is a pretty strong consideration. You know, when you go out and you hire a salesperson, they are likely not going to have your level of like deep passion. They're certainly not going to have your level of experience, but do they have the religion of what you do like you do? Probably not. And so somehow you have to mitigate that 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 difference. Otherwise, you know, you're going to have a, a fairly significant, I'd say, drop off in terms of conversion. Maybe sales cycles are going to take a little bit longer. Um, but can you can you talk about like how you are able to go from founder magic led sales to you know now we've got a good sales team and the sales team is able to comfortably replicate what the founder used to be doing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to start, even if your goal is to hire an internal sales team, uh, you know, hiring us first to kind of figure out what works is another really good strategy. Um, so we can kind of um, fail fast, if you will, uh, with low risk, uh, where, you know, you're not having to hire people, you're not signing annual contracts, uh, everything we do is month to month. And we've also had um, six years of experience. And failing ourselves to yeah. figure out, uh, you know, what works in the industry. There's also just new technology every day in the industry. That's uh, one of the most paralyzing parts of sales development is all the technology. Uh, and, and eventually you got to kind of decide, all right, these are the, the piece of technology we want to have in our stack. And these are the data resources we want to have. Um, and, and it's paralyzing because there's just so much out there there's AI, there's video, there's email, there's data. I mean, you, you name it. Uh, there, there's just an incredible ecosystem behind sales development. It's great, but paralyzing. And so we we kind of have uh, the experience of testing them all out, testing them all out, seeing what works, creating process around this. And so when you're hiring us, you're really getting six years of A/B testing sales development processes messaging, 
uh, and, and ultimately, uh, coaching and training is a big part of that. Um, so, so even if your goal is to, to bring it all in house, uh, I, I would still kind of recommend hiring one and maybe more sales development agencies to, to test out your market, um, and, uh, and, and kind of go from there. Um, but yeah, that kind of, um, when I'm talking about testing out markets, that's another really good uh, use case for using an agency where uh, if you want to test out a new market, you don't necessarily want to hire a whole internal team uh, just to find out if that market is, is, is going to react favorably to your product. So yeah. uh, that's a really powerful use case. We've had even public companies hire us to test out new markets. Uh, and so, you know, we work with a lot of kind of, you know, founder led companies, but we go all the way up the spectrum and we have public companies uh, as clients as well. Yeah. Um, and what do you see um, working well in, let's say, lead gen right now? Yep. Um, that's it, a really good question. Uh, I mean, you know, from an outbound perspective, uh, cold calling is our number one channel. Uh, and I, I think the reason uh, that is, is it's the most difficult. Mm. Everyone can kind of, um, you know, buy a, a list of, of emails and start blasting out emails on, on any of these kind of sales development platforms. Um, but so, so the reason is because there's less competition. Um, you, there's a lot less of your competitors placing cold calls on a regular basis. Um, you know, a lot of kind of quotas for cold callers or, or sales reps are like 30 calls a day, 40 calls a day, hundred calls a day. Uh, we're making four or five times that, uh, with, with our kind of dedicated, uh, uh, sales development reps on the cold calling team. So um, there's less competition in cold calling mm -hmm. um, because it's more difficult uh, to manage. And um, it's more difficult just overall. It's more difficult to coach on uh, more, you know, you got to hire a bigger team. It's more expensive. Um, but, but overall that that's our highest um, conversion channel. I think we're seeing about, 55% of our meetings come from, from cold calling, maybe, maybe higher at this point. Wow. Cold calling. I hate cold calls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, everyone kind of thinks of cold calls as, um, you know, the, these kind of Indian spammers, uh, just trying to, to, you know, um, trick you into, to send them Amazon gift cards. But, uh, you know, our, our campaigns are very different where we're, we're going after very targeted lists of, of very targeted buyers uh, and, and, you know, sending, you know, we, we're, we're giving them an opportunity to, to improve, you know, their operations with new technology, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, great services. So we, we really, uh, kind of are selective with our customers to make sure that we're offering, you know, we're selling great products because that sets up for success, sets up us up for success. Um, when we have, when we're selling, uh, you know, innovative technology, um, you know, an example that we, you know, of a client that we wouldn't work with is an outsourcing company where if you're just outsourcing customer support or, you know, something in uh, an industry that's been, you know, um, around a very long time, everyone knows it exists. You don't, you're not going to get excited from a cold call, <laughs> um, you know, that, that outsourcing exists. 
But if it's a new AI tool that can, you know, lower your your customer support costs 50% and uh, increase, you know, customer success 50% and, you know, things of that nature. Um, so we're very selective with which, with which clients uh, we take on as well. Uh, but, you know, and that, that's from an outbound perspective. So inbound, mm. um, inbound is a whole different animal um, where you've got, you know, really the two man ch channels there are advertising and SEO and, um, and both t require a lot of investment. You know, all these channels require a lot of investment. Um, you know, SEO is the gift that keeps on giving, which, yeah. you know, once you kind of start hit, you know, hitting the top of those Google search results, um, you know, it can be, uh, really fruitful, uh, but you got to invest to get there. Uh, you know, yeah. you got to be producing content on, on a weekly, even daily basis, uh, on your blog, you gotta, you know, have the right, uh, internal linking structure on your website, uh, which is kind of really important. And a lot of people don't understand, um, which is kind of based around content clusters, um, which I'd be happy to go into more on, on the SEO side, uh, because I would consider myself an SEO expert. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, I'm happy to kind of, you know, dive into any other kind of channels uh, to, to, to help, you know, founders and, and everyone else kind of understand, but, but all of the different um, marketing channels take money. You know, you, yeah. you, you, you can't just, uh, you know, the, the only thing that really doesn't is word of mouth. And that the, the only um, ways to influence that is to have an incredible product an incredible customer experience, which you have to invest in. So, um, you know, there, there's definitely kind of a, a cost to that as well, uh, as far as, you know, creating a, an incredible product that, that deserves word of mouth, uh, and creating a, an incredible service, uh, that, that deserves word of mouth. So, um, there, there's, yeah. there's a lot. <laughs> How would somebody who's listening know that, Brendan, they're they're at the right position where they've kind of got their ducks in a row where they'd be ready for an outsource sales system SD, you know, and sales development? Uh, how would they know they're ready? Um, well, if you've kind of tapped out your 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 personal networks uh, and and your your you know you've kind of hit a hit a wall as far as uh growth rate uh you know uh, you can only every doubling your company gets harder and harder is your company gets bigger and bigger and so our our kind of annual growth goals are always to double the company every year mm -hmm. and um that is getting harder now that we're doing 15 million in sales this year you know because that means next year we need to do 30 million in sales uh which will, you know, that, that that's massive growth uh, compared to just doubling from 1 million to 2 million. Uh, so partially it kind of depends, you're, you're going to know when you flatline on your growth, on right. your growth rate. So, so answering your question, um, make more money, <laughs> make lots of money, keep making, keep growing. And then you're going to get to a point where like, wait a minute, I, I need to quit being the kink in the hose here. Founders who are do, trying to do everything themselves. And so yeah. uh, there does come a time where it's time to start building this out and you get out of that role so you can allow your company to do the growing that's going to be 
doing. Um, I'm going to ask you this, you know, Brandon, last question um, in, in terms of like what you see being done in sales right now, um, what bugs you or annoys you or what do you see like, oh, please don't stop doing this. People hate it. It doesn't work anymore. Like what are some of those things that that you're like, yep, I tell all my people, yeah, we do not do X or whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, one thing I would warn people about is kind of overdoing it on the technology side. Uh, it's really easy to kind of uh, get excited about new technology and try to add it to your tech stack. Um, but then it gets convoluted and it, you end up just kind of not knowing what you're doing after a while and not having a good repeatable process. Uh, so tech stack creep, I, I'd kind of call it. Um, I would really warn against that. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of companies are hiring sales development reps uh, right out of college, and and mm. the problem there is, it's become a really specialized niche industry that takes a lot of knowledge uh, of the of the space and what works, uh, and and that's kind of where we you know found an opportunity is hey uh, this kind of idea of just hiring uh, recent college grads and and letting them loose on LinkedIn. Uh, Sure. I mean, you know, it worked for a really long time and, and, you know, you can still kind of um, use that as a, as a, you know, a way to grow, but um, you really have to hire people that know what they're doing now um, mm -hmm. instead of just kind of, uh, you know, spraying and praying. And, and, and that yeah. would be kind of, <laughs> that, that would be the other thing that, um, that I would, I would kind of warn against is just um, buying a big email list and, and, and blasting it out. You can really hurt your email domain reputation doing yeah. that. Uh, and, and what ends up happening is your main company domain, all of a sudden you're emailing clients and your emails aren't going to their inbox. And so you really have to be care careful with email uh, domain reputation. Uh, and that's why when when you're hiring people that don't know what they're doing, um, that can really you know hurt you in in more ways than than you might originally realize. Uh, and and domain reputation is huge. Uh, you know, I in my early days, I, I it happened to me where um, we we were doing uh, email outreach, uh, and. Uh, and on the main comp company domain and, uh, and, and we were sending emails to clients and they weren't going through. So um, that's one thing you, you really, when you're messing with email and sending, yeah. you know, large campaigns, you, you want to have you, your, you want to protect the deliverability of your main email domain if you're going to be using it. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people actually do use a you know, .co or, or a .io to, to send out, uh, their their kind of sales and marketing emails just to make sure that their client emails aren't getting confused with your marketing and sales emails because you know it's it's just you need your your emails to to your customers to be hitting inbox. I mean that's just yeah number one priority. Growth is you know second. Yeah, awesome. All right, so your website saleshive.com. When someone goes there, Brendan, what should they click on? What should they do? Uh, yeah, well, uh, I've been working on it a lot recently. Uh, <laughs> we've got some, we've got some great content. Uh, we've got a, uh, a cold calling, uh, guide now. Oh, cool. Uh, so that, that's Where's really that? cool. 
it, it's uh, under uh, the about section. Um, yeah. And uh, oh, look at that cold calling guy. There it is. Yep. And it's also uh, referenced on our cold calling page. Um, but but that's really cool. You you can one uh, kind of uh, start with your ROI uh, to to see uh, kind of where you're currently at with your cold calling and and see what where where you need to be to to hit your growth goals Jeez. as far as uh, meetings booked and and kind of uh, the the conversion rates from there. Uh, and then we go into uh, script writing, which is is kind of um, something that people don't realize is a lot harder um, <laughs> than it than it sounds. Um, but, but really, uh, uh, the, the biggest, um, thing I could recommend with script writing is dumb it down, dumb it down. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and whenever, um, whenever a prospect goes, oh, uh, oh, this is what you do. And then they explain it to you. You, that's, you want to write that down and say, oh, you know, my customer thinks, you know, this is what we do, even though we've been, mar we've been pushing this message. Listen to your what what your customers think, because uh, it might might be different, and it might be different by by um, segment of customer. Um, so a specific segment of customers may um, describe our service to sales development. Uh, another segment of of our customers might describe us as lead generation. Um, another segment of our customers might describe us as meeting setting, uh, so uh, or appointment setting. So uh, kind of understanding that listening to your prospects one of the best parts about cold calling is the immediate feedback the the, the feedback loop if if i send you a cold email with the wrong messaging uh you may just not reply or say i'm not interested mm. if if i i give you a cold call and and give you the wrong messaging you're going to be like oh, i don't really understand what you do yeah um q try to re-explain it uh and and then eventually um you'll get that immediate feedback, which is just huge. And then that can really influence your, your messaging on your website, your email campaigns, your advertising copy. Um, so the immediate feedback with cold calling is underrated. It's mm. just really underrated. And sometimes, uh, particularly with a new company, you, you may think, hey, uh, this is how we should position the brand. Uh, this is how, you know, this, this should be our messaging. But then you may realize, uh, well, actually, the, the market um, doesn't really quite understand that, particularly with new products, uh, you know, uh, that, that are kind of uh, new ideas. Um, it, it, the messaging is, is the most important part. Uh, and, and then, obviously, you know, your targeting with your list is, is the second. Um, this is great. Okay, again, saleshive.com. Brendan Burnett, you're the CEO. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic. Uh, Brendan, I appreciate you being here. Absolutely. All right. Well, take care. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts 
or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love, even if you just stopped by to say hi, I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.